Yo, stocks and bars. Today we're gonna talk about the hip hop culture and finance, how the two emerge, and what we see coming from it in the future. And I can't wait to talk about this one. And I have somebody from my Empower Empire. We're gonna chat about this, all right? Let's go. I got my click ready to use the money they got from jobs and courage and teaching them that it's not so hard. I'm doing this, making investing pop. You law is extra. You tuning in to stocks and bars. Yo, stocks and bars, what's going on? It is episode number 12. Now let's get into this one here. Today, who I have with me. This is a guy who I met in, I want to say, two, the year 2000, maybe 2001. No, right around. In, I was in high school. Oh, okay. Hold <laughs> we on. met in 04. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I put a little bit more years on you than you were supposed to have. Yeah. <laughs> you got so, me being 42 years old. <laughs> so it was the year 2004. I got introduced to this man when we used to work at WZIP. And I say work like we was getting paid. We used to volunteer at WZIP when we went to college together. And we bumped into each other by complete accident because I don't even remember how you learned that I was rapping at that time. But he got in contact with me and he was talking about the rapping stuff or one way or the other, either you found out I was rapping or I found that you had beats. But anyway, gave me a beat CD. I still got that BCD, by the way. <laughs> you know, you know that was Cam's BCD, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give out Cam's uh, shout out in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually Cam. Well, let me introduce myself. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me All give right, you your flowers. Ahead. All right. So yeah. he gave he gave me the BCD, and that's where the relationship started right there. And because of this man right here, I gotta give him his props. There would be no. Extra, there wouldn't be no cam merge right now because this man is basically the glue that put us together sonically because we basically put an album together and had no <laughs> no other way to do it but other than how we did it. But um, we've been to we've been family basically since that point, and this guy has inspired me because I watched him grow from what he was as a DJ to where he is now doing investing. And he's also doing marvelous things, putting us together to make sure that we put things together for the community period when we do our investment club every month. But that's the flowers from my man. I want to let you know that I appreciate y'all. Love you, brother. And welcome to Stocks and Bars. Let's give a round of applause, my man, DJ Step One. Step, what's going on, man? What's good? What's good, XRO? Yeah, let me let me fill in the holes in the story real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we we met at WZIP, um, because I was we was both volunteering, both doing radio. Yeah, we used yeah. to see each other, but we wouldn't really say each other. We was both kind of quiet cats, which yeah. was interesting. But one thing about it, like at WZIP, it was a top forty station. But I was when I went in, I'm like, yo, why is it all these hip hop beds in here? I'm like, that's. I think somebody told me like, yo, that's extra. And I think they, I think it was uh, a female by the name of Tia told me he oh, rapped. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's how I ended up. At the time, I was trying to manage Cam and Jay Murray, his partner. They was doing a, a beat, a, a production company 
called Soundtracks. Soundtracks. I was giving out beat CDs to everybody. And then you um <laughs> you made it. And then what's interesting, you actually appeared on my first mixtape. Yeah, you did. Yeah, put the us list. On. Yep. And yeah, I got you, that back was, there too. Yeah, y'all was number one. I actually need that. I need a copy. Y'all was number one. Y'all yeah. was number one. Me and Cam had a debate because it was another cat. I'm like, yo, this I'm I'm out myself, but like Team Tuck should be number two, and this dude should be number one. And he's like, no, Team Tuck is better than this dude. Blah 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 blah. blah. So we end up putting y'all number one, which I don't regret at all. <laughs> we was the best. We was the best yeah. at it, man. Yeah. And here we are, fast forward now, being the best and investing, inspiring people, man. We done did a full circle, man. So that's yeah. why I appreciate my empower empire, man. You're part of the circle. So welcome to the show. So we, we're uh -huh. going to talk about our culture. We're going to talk about our culture and finance and how it hasn't prepared us or whatever. But we're going to basically talk about our culture and the shifts that is going through and all of that. So let's go ahead and kick this one off. I actually had to get some questions written down for this one because I wanted to make sure I address as much as I could <laughs> without going okay. like, oh, I should have said that. All right. So we <laughs> gonna advocate. <laughs> so let's let's start it off like this. All right. What has the culture taught you from the beginning when you started doing like DJing or when you was little up? until this point like go through the journey of what the culture taught you when you were young okay you talking about the cultural period or you just talking about financially financially yeah i should have said okay that. the culture financially what has it taught you for when you were young when when all right for those that don't know i'm 37 years old so i think what the culture has taught me from a young age of is to spend money recklessly to be honest <laughs> right like yeah like if you if you listen to a lot of the especially because hip-hop when we talk about our culture our whole culture is based around hip-hop and street culture and stuff like that a lot of black culture is just based around that just to be honest right so with hip-hop especially coming up honestly even now like we just kind of recently got some like financially conscious lyrics yeah. but for the most part it was get this money, spend it as fast as possible. And I think the way that affected me is like, yo, when you become rich, you can spend as much money as you want on anything you want and not have to worry about any type of consequences. So even as I grew and as we got in college, I was thinking, and I'm glad you asked that question because this was something I was thinking about. When I was in college, I was doing okay as a DJ. Like I was making a decent living because I was DJing a lot of college parties and I was DJing up in like Cleveland, which we went to school in Akron, but Cleveland is a bigger city. And I was making a decent living, but I spent my money so fast and so recklessly. Like I wasn't popping bottles in the club like the rappers, but I think me and you definitely, you, if I'm correct, you like Air Maxes. Oh yeah, I'm an Air Max fiend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, a SB Dunk fiend okay so at the time when i really started to make um some money or make a living i started buying sb dunks every month like my shoe collection and i'm i'm not the type of person that would like not wear my shoes yeah. my shoe collection used to be stupid oh man Same but here. but it's not worth anything 
right. like obviously now <laughs> some shoes is worth something but i didn't have like the rare mf doom sb dunks that's worth like four thousand dollars now <laughs> but yeah my my shoe collection isn't worth anything all the shirts and the clothes and stuff i used to buy to try to be fresh is not worth anything, anything. Yeah. It, was, it was a waste of money i think that the main thing because the culture has taught us the same thing over the years is like be consumers yeah don't be investors i think the first rapper that i heard mention like stocks was probably Nas. yeah yeah that's who new I york heard. state of mind yep. yeah investments in stock yes that's part of the loop that i got you know when i did yeah. the intro yeah and that was 91 94. 94, whatever. I'm, I'm aging <laughs> everything today. <laughs> Man, we met in 1973. <laughs> like, whoa. I knew your grandmama. <laughs> yeah, that's the same with me, man. Yeah. I learned the same exact thing. Be flashy. Whatever you get, make sure you output it and you go get something to show off the wealth that you have. Exactly. And that's That's all I learned from it. Now, I will say, you know, I'm going to age myself. I'm going to be 40 this year. So I grew up. The very first rapper that got me inspired to do rap is when I used to listen to, man, I forget this, the channel now. But, you know, in Brooklyn, I used to listen to whatever it was. And Daddy Kane came on. Mm-hmm. And it was Ain't No Half Stepping. And okay. I remember listening to this. And I was just like, yo, I remember that. Then I remember hearing Rakim. And these are the cats that I grew up on. So then LL was the guy that really got me to, to try to, you know, get my bars together. So okay. that's how my inspiration started. But those guys, they taught you about what they were experiencing. So I had that aspect of things, too, because I saw exactly what these guys was talking about where I lived at. So I could totally understand it. But then, you know, the eras of basically 93 and up. Is where like all the flashy started. So those guys taught me you get this money, you get these big rims, you get the jewelry, you get the flyest gear, the you know, the two hundred, three hundred dollar shirts and jeans and all, yeah, all of this stuff to just be extravagant. But like you said, man, ain't none of that stuff worth nothing right now. Maybe the gold might be worth something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but who got that from back there, right? Exactly. So yeah, man, the culture think, did not do us a favor on that. But to that note, I actually, actually let me go ahead. Jump ask, my bad. Go ahead, I got a bad go. habit. Because I thought about something. I think also, because to be real, like you're a really good rapper. And I was a really good DJ, but it's interesting because especially coming up as young black males, I wonder. If we thought, even though, like, I come from a good family, you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. You got a good background. I wonder if we thought this is still a way for us to make wealth. Because you rapped, even though, like, we both love hip-hop. Yeah, and I yeah. knew I wanted to be in hip-hop. But it's like, I wonder with me DJing was like, yo, is this my main, this is going to be my main way to make wealth because this is how I see other Black people making wealth. Yeah. So, for me... I always knew that music was going to be a vehicle. And when I started rapping, my whole intention on the whole thing with rap was to be able to get enough money to do something else. Because I always saw 
what really inspired me was, you know, when we went to school and they taught us about TV because I really wanted to do TV. Mm-hmm. And they always told us about like when you get syndicated, you basically worldwide. And anytime your episode gets paid, you get royalties. So mm-hmm. that's where I was like, oh, snap royalties. You get paid for 75 years. I'm like, yo, we could eat for life. You All you got to do is just drop, you know, a good TV series. And if it, as long as it lasts about two to three seasons, you might have a shot at getting syndication. And that's it. You don't got to do nothing no more. So. Mm-hmm. That was the whole inspiration was for me to get some type of money to do something. And I figured the royalties I can get from the money that, I mean, the royalties I can get from rapping, I could get that money and mm-hmm. just continually invest it into something else. So it was always a vehicle for me because I knew I wasn't going to do that forever. Okay. Yeah, that, that, <clears throat> that makes sense. That make a lot of sense. So, um, I mean, let me think of this here. So we, we talked about that. Oh, let me look at this one. All right. So fast forward to where we are right now. We, we talked about, you know, hip hop, our love for all of that. So mm-hmm. we obviously learned about investing along our path at some point in time, whether it was from hip hop, friends, whatever, whatever other influences, like what sparked you to get into investing? It's a couple stories, but mainly, <laughs> honestly, I think the the thing that made me really open up my account was you and Cam. Okay. Like, that's point blank, period. Because when you talk to Cam, for those that don't know the story, Cam had investments in stock. Yeah, and I yeah. think you start really, like, attacking the stock game. Like, you actually stopped rapping yeah. and start attacking the, the stock game, which was wild at that point because on the local scene, you was a really – you and your brother was like up and coming rappers. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So when yeah. he told me he was like investing in stock, I'm like, okay, I kind of took notice, but I'm thinking like, in order to invest in stock, you got to have 14 million point three dollars. <laughs> you don't got that. You can't invest in stock. Right. And I think at that time, Cam was just like, he had some like Nike stock or something like that. Like, just like, yo, I got Nike stock. Which yeah. Nike isn't a bad company, but no. like, but by any stretch of the man, I'm pretty sure if he would have kept that Nike stock, it, yeah, it would have been right now. Yeah, you still be saying <laughs> nice, but him and you doing that got me to open up my Ameritrade account, and I think that was like 2000. I was I'm gonna say between 2011 or 2013 is when I first opened up my Ameritrade account. Okay, and I bought probably just all the worst stocks you could possibly <laughs> buy. So I bought a marijuana stock and I bought another marijuana stock and then I bought a third marijuana. <laughs> That's when the hype was there. Where everybody thought it was just going to take off. Yeah. And I had no idea. And I'm still learning how to research a company, how, what, no, no clue what market cap was. No clue what support and resistance was. Just oh, you just pick a weed company and they're gonna go to two million dollars a share, and you will be okay. Yeah, that's, that's all it took is what you thought, right? <laughs> yeah. So I had P H O T. Oh and yeah, I, put, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and hemp, and some other one, and they was all like two pennies, <laughs> and that did not work <laughs> because they, they end up going up and dropping right back down to like 
0.01 of a cent or whatever possible. A fraction of a cent. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game, man. You, sometimes a lot of cats get these growing pains out of the gate, and oh. you was one of them. I, I did the same thing, man, where I got hyped when I got in my very first like trading seminar, and he told me all about the prosperity of things, and I saw these two man it was a woman and a man probably married couple if i remember right and they were mm. telling telling us about how they invested in all that and it was about options and stocks so i took off from there and i lost a whole bunch of money bro <laughs> 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 like to the point where my wife was mad at me so i just had to hunker down and, and try to learn as best as i can and it, it took shape but it <clears> took <throat> about i want to say about seven years before it like really started to Click. develop. Yeah. And I had a system that was in place for me to make it consistently. So you ain't alone, man. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think I'm, that's important. Like you still, I still, you're gonna, I'm realizing now, like, especially as I delve into more books and stuff and more seminars with people and just watching videos and stuff, like you gonna make a bad trade. Oh, like yeah. you're not, not, not all of them is going to be a hundred percent winners. You just got to take the good with the bad. Right. And then if, if anything, if you want safe money, it's always Apple. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? it's, it's always Apple. Apple probably got like another 10 years to run. So, <laughs> or you could just collect that dividend, but yeah, that, that's what really got me starting a journey. Well, really two things, something turned me up, but then I stopped. The first thing that turned me up was um, actually three things. One, I think I was watching you do an options trade. And I'm like, oh, what is options? I got to get my account to do options. <laughs> but at the time, I was broke. I couldn't get the required amount. It was like $2,000. It would have yeah, took was, me a minute. I think it was like $3,000 to, to start, or $2,000 yeah. is what it was. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I can't get $2,000 to start. Like at the time, I didn't. Business, for those that don't know, if you live in Cleveland, um, I used to shoot music videos. I ended up getting my degree in media production. What'd you get your degree in? Communications. Was it media production too? Nah, it was just straight communications because I took a foreign language and I got um no fine and applied arts. That's what it is. But communications okay. was it? Yeah. Yeah, basically communications, uh, media production. What ended up happening was I was like a freelance music video shooter and DJ. When LeBron left that first time, I know it's like funny when he went to South Beach, but that dried up everything Man. like nobody wanted to go out for like years so that ended up putting me in a situation where i was basically broke um so trying to get two thousand dollars was like hard <laughs> to come yeah. by yeah especially when you paying a student loan and everything else but what happened next was after you know i started to i got a job i started to get money get money back yeah i actually start investing in Square, Facebook, and Apple. This was in like 2016. And I was investing in Square when it was $10. <laughs> like $10, $12. And I sold it. Because <laughs> I wanted to, I told this story on my Instagram. Like I wanted yeah. to get a car. I'm like, which is, is fine. I, understand that i needed a transportation like i had a car at the time but i wanted a better car yeah was it the explorer you had yeah i had the explorer yeah, yeah. and i'm like all right let me go ahead and get rid of this explorer and go to like a reliable honda accord which i mean i, I love my honda accord but 
Man, do I wish I still had those square <laughs> shears. <laughs> yeah, we all live and learn, man. We all live and learn. Yeah. We catch those lumps. Um, matter of fact, speaking of live and learn, man, what was your worst trade that you've ever made? Oh, I'm still in it. <laughs> <laughs> so not, it's still active. Yeah, it's still active. <laughs> my, my UVX watch trade is the worst trade I've ever made. I've learned a valuable lesson. I really thought that was insurance for if the market goes bad. Yeah. I didn't realize that you're not supposed to hold it for nah. more than. In days, yeah, you're supposed to let that go, but you you yeah. learn though. I'm oh, I learned the hard, hard, hard <laughs> way. <laughs> it's a very punishing lesson that does not stop it at all. <laughs> Speaking of uh, lessons, man, I actually have gone back and tried to live through some of the hip hop that I've listened to in the past, and some of these guys actually did talk more about investing, but we just didn't hear the message mm. at the time. And I'm not going to say they had like straight 16 bars of investing, but within there, they had business mindsets to where they wanted to take money and put it into something to grow money. But that never resonated with us because we all in that time, we all yeah. understood that when you get a hundred dollars, you spend 110. Like that's, yeah, exactly. that's what you're supposed to do when you get it. There's yeah. no other way. So, but yeah. I don't really remember too many bars like you better save. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't, wasn't nobody giving out Microsoft stock, only ten dollars, nope. bro. Yeah, man. Like even the conscious rappers, they were they were talking about you know specific messages, but <laughs> that wasn't one us, of them. Man. Yeah, you know. You know what? Go ahead. To be honest, I don't think they knew either. And nah. to be real. I don't know if they still know. Like, you got to think, like, think about it. Meek Mill just last year was like, bro, this stock game is crazy. Put money in Tesla. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Like, I, I think that it's interesting because this is this is something that I just observed. And this is two reasons why, like, that liquidity investment club is so important. And I'm glad part of it. And the reason why I started is because I went to a, this summer I went to, a crypto thing from by Hart Hill Harper. He wasn't there. Nigel Robertson. They was just trying to get the community to invest in crypto, and it was only like forty people there. Mm. And it was like, damn, only forty people. And like, it was a prominent person in Cleveland there. Yeah, and real prominent. And I'm talking to him, and I'm telling him, like, yo. I'm telling him basically everything that she he got up she got up there and said. Yeah. And he man. looked at me and he was like, "Dang, you know everything that she was about to say." I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I've been researching and learning this, but what's interesting is he wasn't in crypto, but he also wasn't in investments either." Mm. Like he I asked him like, "Yo, do you got any stocks?" He's like, "Oh, man, I opened up a Robinhood account, but I didn't really know what I was doing." You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I think I think that that's important that people reach out to people that's like like that in the community but just other people period because what ends up happening is is that especially if you drive around here or if you just look around your neighborhood wherever you at wherever you drive around like you'll see people drop pulling up in like maseratis now mm -hmm. teslas people been ppp loaned out balling but 
I wonder how many of them people put that money in the market to actually grow, or was this your time to stun on the next man? Yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm really learning, like, I would rather have wealth than lifestyle. Like, I don't, I don't want a BMW. Nah, I just, just need a dependable have, car. That's it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like, yeah, if I have meals in the bank, I can get a BMW, <laughs> but I don't, I wouldn't I probably know. still want one. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like those meals in the bank can, can grow to something different. And I think what's happening there, especially around here, I'm pretty sure other parts and pockets of the country is people really just got to the point where they like, I finally get to floss or I get to stunt mm. people and I'm about to take this money. I'm about to put it in my car on Instagram or I'm about to buy this chain and put it on Instagram. I'm about to buy this new place and put it on Instagram or whatever social media site that you use. And it's like, nah, somebody needs to intervene and tell them like, yo, use that money for this and it will help you, your family and your community out this way is, better. This is a good Good comment here because this is kind of what I was going to allude to uh, earlier about the whole thing with hip hop. What <laughs> really hit me about hip hop in our culture period is that everything runs through us, right? When you mm -hmm. think about everything that was popular in anywhere between 1990 to 2000 and, you know, the next decade from 2000 to 2010 and even now. Milk Crate Challenge. <laughs> that unfortunately but yeah. as far as anything merchandise wise jingles whatever if it was selling we had our stamp on what that was our culture helped drive whatever that product was to get to its success and then we were never a part of that regime ever we just always made it help happen it. yeah, yeah help, you know and we're a part of it that way but we never had equity in it so now fast forward to you know where we're at now where people actually are starting to wake up and you see celebrities saying no nah, i don't want that give me equity in the company or whatever you know you're seeing like the 50 cents take equity in vitamin water and stuff like that and that's dope but I don't think we hear that enough. Now, of course, the most recognized investor that you and I know is Nas. Yeah. We, we've seen him do stuff like Ring and selling Coinbase. To, yeah, Coinbase. And Snoop was involved in that. And we've seen these prominent guys that you and I used to listen to start to do these investments and it's getting out there. So this is also going to lead to my next question to you. You're out there and you're cognizant of what's going on now from what we experienced in our culture earlier, do you see the footprints of the culture shifting into another direction now? I'm not going to go as far as to say the footprints. Um, I think, well, one, that's a good question. I don't think it's the, the footprints yet. I think that depends on who you listen to. So if you listen to a Nas Nas has always been about like education and yeah. you know other stuff like to listen to to Nas and to get him you have to kind of be like you a different type of person yeah. like everybody yeah. will say people will be like yo my top five Nas but I'm like yo do y'all really be listening to Nas you kind of get what I'm saying yeah uh huh so when you get people like even with Jay Z's four 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 album like 
people under a certain at a certain age like us will listen to it and enjoy that album and understand what he's talking about but certain people's like yo put on some little uzi vert you see little uzi <laughs> vert he's put a diamond in his head yeah. that's dope you kind of get what i'm saying like, yeah like the thing is i respect and i listen to a lot of like golden era hip-hop like the 80s like krs1 yeah and respect the message and stuff because i'm a hip-hop head but at the time when I was like 20 or something like that, if somebody told me like, yo, KRS-One is about to drop a new album. Like, I'm going to hear KRS-One. I'm going to hear this. Jada just dropped a new mixtape with um Green Ladder. Yeah, let me hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to hear gun bars. I get what I'm saying? I'm not trying to hear whatever KRS-One is trying to say. So I think what happens is, as long as people of our generation can start to show like this is what happens when you build wealth like maybe not the flash because this goes against the code like look at my house i bought this with tesla money from the stock you kind of get what i'm saying but if you could kind of be like hey look imagine if you would have took that down payment on a maserati because i i I went into the store and this girl her license plate was not to outer was Maserati 2 and I asked her what that means and she said that's our second Maserati mm. and I'm like you just know like you don't have any money in the store <laughs> you get what I'm saying because however you getting that money you're getting it too fast to even think to like yo let me slow down and invest this I could be completely wrong like she could have she could have made that Maserati she money could've... off of like Apple options <laughs> or OnlyFans or whatever yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but you have two Maseratis. If you take that 90000 that you would pay over time, you wouldn't have to worry, do anything else or whatever. And then you'll, you could be able to buy 10 Maseratis if you want to. Still be a stupid investment. I hope you learn from the fact that you only really need one Maserati. But if you take that money that you're spending on this stuff and use it, you like I said, you could better the community, you could better everything. Like the, the number one, my cat. The, the number one thing, the, the number one indicator of crime and everything anywhere in America is poverty. Right. Like, it's not too many rich people. Like, they're not starving. They got to go get something to eat. So they rob. Most of the people commit crimes because of poverty. So if that's the case, like, if you take that and you can help your family out because now you have the financial means, you reduce yeah. poverty, you reduce everything. So, right. but to bring it back to the, to the question, because I kind of got off in a tangent, but yeah, the people like us are listening and taking note. It's just for up to us to set an example good enough to where other people or at least one other person wants to follow. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why I started this podcast for that very reason, because I know I used to listen to hip hop and take the messages that they told me at that time. And I didn't do all the, you know, the, the dirt to the extent of what they, you know, talked about. You knew about. the consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we had our heads in the game, but we also knew that it was entertainment. Yeah. There was a point where, you know, that, that line got blurred and everyone, you know, you ain't real and, and, and all that. But anyway, I took what I knew from that time and I'm applying it now because I want to make sure that the content that I put in whatever I write, is going to be something that's going to stand the test of time. It's going to influence somebody. And I'm also coming across 
a demographic that a lot of people just kind of ignore. Like there's a lot of 18 to 25 year olds out there who may have some type of access because we live in a different world now. Like you had mentioned Robin hoods and all this stuff. There's a lot out here for these guys to take advantage of. And technology has made it very inexpensive to get involved. You could literally just jump in the game with $10 and just start stacking and, and get, you know, a little piece of whatever that wasn't available 10 years ago. You know what I mean? It's jumped so far ahead to give these guys access. So now somebody like myself who has the talent to be able to write something and give it in a delivery that's going to mesmerize and, you know, all of that type of stuff that I try to do and get through and hopefully inspire to let them know that, Hey, I'm doing it. I'm no different than you. You could do it too. Yeah. You you know, yeah, especially because like we just live in a society now where to be real, like everything is getting disrupted. Yeah. So like, even when I talk about a mirror trade, like when I did that first trade, like I think it cost me like $10 to get <laughs> in and out of the trade because it was a commission fee. Yeah. So now people is looking at some of these systems and it's like, yo, these systems actually can be broken. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So like you, everything from like the music, the NFTs is going to change the music industry. I think you so got, too. Yeah. Crypto, crypto, Ethereum, it's going to change everything from the way you do freelance work to the way you rent. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. when we talk about Ethereum, like especially for anybody that did freelance work, it's not, it's going to be so easy to get your money. Where before you got to wait till the bank clear the check and all this other stuff. If you do corporate work, you'll get money instantly because it's already written in the contract. Yeah, they man. know how much is in the, the Ethereum wallet. <laughs> so it's just like, we're, we're at the ver it's, we're just almost at the point where society has changed so much because of technology and so rapidly and the systems that's being broken down, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in like 1950, because it's almost like, I don't know. You mean 2050? Yeah, 2050. <laughs> yeah. Like just, we're at the point now, like back in the day, like when the car was invented and everybody was in I. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're at the point now where we get in a new car, like a new car type invention every three to four or five yeah. years. <laughs> you get what I'm Just saying? Rapidly, like, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Like, yo, like, we can be up, like, I'm going to be up here, like, yo, XO, you ready to do the next stock and bars? Stocks and bars. I'm going to be in your house <laughs> coming through a portal or something like that. Also, Dr. Strange is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, here. <laughs> have your hologram right next to you or something like that. But long term, it's it's getting to the point where I think systems always get disrupted at one point in time. Obviously, you know, in America, you talk about the dark history of slavery. That was a system that got disrupted because of, you know, technically it got disrupted because of the cotton gin. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, technology, yep. (laughs) Yeah, technology. But, um, yeah, as we go forward, everything from trains disrupting what was that coal mining yeah. what was john john henry doing yeah he, he was he was a, he was the railroad guy he was uh yeah. making the rails 
Yeah, like he was going faster and then he died. So like he was that was the, the I know it was a folk tale, but that yeah. was the tale to be like, yo, uh, maybe we don't want to go so hard against this machine that we die. Like we'll just go half. Well, you could you could take that machine because you see the machine ain't dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm saying I just say like you mentioned in Robin Hood, that's very true because what ends up happening is people can now go grab this content when they find it and then they might be inspired to do their next disruption phase right or even if they don't they just be like yo instead of buying this 200 dollars 300 400 apple watch i'm gonna buy apple stock yeah i'm gonna share that yeah i'm gonna get a share of that yeah. and you know what i'm gonna try to keep doing shares because the thing is this like I don't, nobody escapes life or period. Nobody escapes each decade with their life, but like, yo, man, if I was, wish I could have did this in my mm-hmm. 40s. Like, you could, you, we could have bought Amazon, and I guarantee you, right now, we'd be saying, like, we'd be talking on gold chairs <laughs> and still be talking about, man, my 20s, I wish I would have, insert what I wish I would have did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> some lesson I mean? that you missed out on that you yeah, wish you would have done. You yep. did. Yeah, you know, I like you might have been like, man, I wish I actually would have instead of buying Amazon stock, I wish I would have tried to make it as a rapper. You gotta get what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I could have been like, yo, I wish I would have been trying to DJ instead of buying Amazon stock. And I'm sitting up here like, <laughs> gotta get what I'm saying? I'm but, tired of this gold toilet paper. I don't want to do yeah. this no more. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Go get my go get my jet pack. I'm trying to go back in time. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and wrap that up, man. The culture has done us well over time. I think it dropped seeds on us that we just did not know of at that time. But here we are now, and we are reaping the benefits of that seed that was planted. And now that tree is starting to grow, and we're in the shade. Hopefully, the culture will continue to shift. We've seen, you know, like the Earn Your Leisures, Wall Street Trapper. We've seen a lot of these guys come along. And they're starting to get a little bit of a following here. And the hip-hop community is embracing them. And I look forward to seeing how far that can continue to go. Because I got I got a nephew who's 22. And I'm trying to hip him to things. And let him know, you put this money away over here. You go do this, you do that, you know. Because, like you said, you know, I wish when I was 22, I was rapping at 22. And I was rapping about, you know, the mindset of using that money in order to invest it. But I, I didn't I didn't do it until, you know, a little bit later. But mm-hmm. if I did, who knows where I'd be at right now. But regardless of that, I'm here. You're here. We're doing it, man. It's Dr. Bars. I appreciate you coming on once more, man. We'll have to do it again. And that is it. That's Stocks and Bars. And we're going to and jump into the bars. Where I'm from, I should have probably died fast. I made it out, now I'm making my stance. I did it my way, this is not true my craft. I slang M for the users, I made it my path. It don't look like me in the world of finance. Because of that, it made me feel like I can't succeed and achieve my dreams of being a guy that can inspire the culture. I'm glad that I didn't believe that lie. And I rose up where I rise on my toes touch. I came from the bottom, the only way to go is up. Hard to stop a movement of money, come make it with us. Get by by my rules and one of us never give up. Uh, we them new gangsters, pioneer personal profit, the new bangers. They were sleeping in, then they soon wake up. So when you get them M's, you know who to thank us. 
Stocks and bars. Marathon money. Winfreestock.com. What up?